Welcome to the Inspired Women Podcast. I'm your host, Megan Hall, psychology student, wife, and mama four. On this podcast, I share helpful life tips and stories from inspirational women. Warning, sometimes we chat about taboo topics and drop some F-bombs. Thank you for tuning in with me today. Enjoy the episode. Hey guys, today I'm here with Stephanie. Stephanie D'Alfonso is an integrative hypnotist, coach, speaker, and author of Goodbye Anxiety, Hello Freedom, How to Build Resilience and Overcome Anxiety, which I'll link up in the show notes for anybody who wants to check it out. She has spent over 20 years researching simple ways to calm stress, anxiety, and fear. Yes. I'm a most people that listen to the podcast know that I have been diagnosed with bipolar type two and anxiety is definitely one of my symptoms. <laughs> so, got it. Got it. I actually had a, a full blown panic attack last fall and I never had that happen before. So it was, it was an interesting time, but you know, I have a psychiatrist, I have a therapist. I have well, and that had to be frightening for you. Yeah, it was. I couldn't move off the couch. I literally thought I was going to have to call somebody to like come to come help me out because I just was I was frozen. I was stuck. I thought I was having a heart attack. It was it was it was very scary. So you have struggled with anxiety, too. And I'd love to have you um, share with us. When did it start? What what? what, what started it all? Like for me, I can like trace back to when I was a kid and, and be like, Oh, there it is. Um, but everybody's different. Right. So I did not know I was struggling with anxiety my entire life until I was 35 years old. I found myself in my kitchen smashing a bag of Cheetos as my kids were little then. No, no, mommy, please stop. And it was over something stupid. You know, they probably had been, um, Way, you know, whining or bickering, and I just couldn't take it because I had developed insomnia. And anybody who is listening that just heard me say that one word, the insomnia word, a shiver just went through your body because it you can't function. It's really right. debilitating. So um, I'm, the smallest thing is making me lose it. I go to the doctor uh, to get medication, like most people would, and the doctor said, "Well, you know, the insomnia is because of your anxiety." And I was like, "Wait, what?" <laughs> I did not realize I had struggled with anxiety. I like to say I contracted anxiety from my mother in the womb because she was one of the most anxious people I've ever known. And so I thought it was normal to walk around with my shoulders up at my ears, like wearing them like earrings or to worry about everything and always not just worrying about everything, worrying about the absolute worst case scenario. Right. So I got the medication, the medication worked and then it stopped. And now things are spiraling even more. Now I'm like, mm. oh my gosh, what if I take the medication and I'm not going to sleep? And I'm a, so that's when I started researching, you know, out of self-preservation, researching, okay, what can I do to, you know, get a handle on this thing called anxiety? And Megan, this was in the mid nineties. Oh, the, that's, it wasn't catchy back then. <laughs> the world, the World Wide web was just starting. There was no Google. So I'm going old school to the library to check out anything I could find. And there was not a lot of research on it. Um, I was checking out cassette tapes to listen to, if you remember those. Yes. I, I was born in 1986. So okay. yeah. Okay. But so, um, over the years, as I you know, discovered more and more ways to be able to uh, 
keep your emotional balance because that's my whole approach is uh, I'm a devout yogi. I'm on my mat every single day. Love I'm a yoga. yoga teacher. That's what's keeping me through these challenging times. Oh, um, yeah. But so in our physical asana practice, it's all about you start to fall out of balance physically, you bring yourself back. So that's my whole approach and, and why I ended up writing the book with 35 easy, simple techniques, because when we start to fall out of balance and bring ourselves back, it's so much easier than bam, when we're down on the ground and struggling to get back up. So I used to say we need to experience short moments of peace and calm many times a day. With everything that's going on in the world right now, it has to be many times an hour. Right. And um, the techniques in the book, 99% of them are easy enough for you to teach your kids. Because oh. if it's simple, you're going to do it. If right. you uh, just do something with me now, if you have a water bottle, you can toss it from hand to hand. Side I to actually side. have the same kind of water bottle. <laughs> okay, well, there you go. Go so toss it with We're matchy. And yeah. For the listeners, if you don't have a water bottle, put your hands in together in front of your chest and go out to one side and back, out to one side and back, and keep doing this for a short amount of time, and you'll start feeling it take the edge off. And the reason that this works, and you know, you can teach this to a three-year-old, right? Right. The reason this works is because we're crossing the midline of the body, but more importantly, we're crossing the midline of the brain. So we're balancing both left and right side of the brain, and we're stimulating the parasympathetic nervous system. And that's the one that we need to keep activating again and again and again, because with everything that's going on in the world right now, our, our collective global foot has been all the way down on the sympathetic nervous system, yeah. which is the fight, flight, or freeze. And most people don't think about the freeze part. That's where a lot of people have been for months now because paralyzed in fear. And so in the book, I literally, I have the, um, the techniques in alphabetical order. So you don't even have to read the whole book. Just go through, find a couple of techniques, three or four techniques that really work for you and start actioning them in many times an hour. And that will help you find your balance. You have to keep stimulating that parasympathetic nervous system so we can interrupt the, uh, the stress syndrome that, that we're stuck in. Yeah, I'm a definitely a freeze person. Okay. okay. <laughs> I am definitely a freeze person. Um, part partly because trauma I had uh, growing up and everything, it's taught me to like not because fighting back never worked. That just made things worse. Right. So I was more of a freeze or retreat. I would sometimes flight was also one. Um, but I recently got diagnosed with Lyme disease. Um, oh my goodness. Yes. Yeah, so you we have like pandemic. My, my husband's job takes him away quite often. <laughs> and now Lyme disease. Oh, and I'm boy. just like, what the hell? <laughs> so when you're like, it's been a lot for everybody. I'm like, I feel that right now. <laughs> like real good. Fortunately, they have me on some antibiotics for the next couple of weeks. And they said, hopefully we've caught it in time where I won't have lasting effects. But I'm like, can we just stop 2020? Right. And like restart. Like, can we just jump to 2021 at this point? It's just Seriously. so awful. It's, it was only a few months ago. We were all going into 2020 excited, feeling like, ah, yeah, 2019's over. Bring it 2020. And now everybody's going, excuse me, but go to 2020. 
Yeah. You're allowed to swear on the podcast. Okay. It's All explicit. Right. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because I have a potty mouth and there's just no way. Like I swear. I mean, and some people don't agree with it, but I swear in front of my kids. I don't swear at them, but I'll say like, oh shit, when I stub my toe or you know, something <laughs> like that. So I, I, I knew there would be no way that I would be able to have a podcast. And plus we talk about some, some really, um, really deep top topics. Sometimes, sometimes we talk about like sexual abuse and stuff like that, which is more explicit. You can't that we can't just say that's not explicit. So, well, know, and it's also just real life. Right. right. It's real life. So can we circle back to it uh, for a second? You know, you mentioned about trauma and I think that like, first of all, that's something I specialize in, you know, when I'm in my work one-on-one -on -one with clients, I'm really excellent at being able to help find that root cause of the trauma and mm -hmm. to heal it. Um, but most people, many, many people don't even know that they've experienced trauma I that, didn't um, before therapy. <laughs> do you know, do you know about the adverse childhood experiences study? No. This was, oh my gosh, Megan. Tell us is, about it. This was so groundbreaking and I was so excited because, you know, it's research I can point to. I love being I love able research. to point to the research instead of just like, oh, airy fairy, she's making that up. So this was a study done by the Centers for Disease Control and Kaiser Permanente, which is like a Blue Cross Blue Shield. Uh, I forget, 17,000 uh, study participants. So it was a big study. And what they found was they asked people 10 simple questions. Did you experience this before the age of 18? And it was around um, abuse, emotional, sexual, physical abuse. Uh, it was around addiction in uh, the family, about losing a parent to divorce or incarceration. Uh, just 10 simple questions. And they found that the higher you score, like I'm an overachiever, you know, this is not one you want to score high on. And well, but I would. <laughs> right, right. We both, we both would. So the higher you score on this ACEs study, the direct correlation. Oh, ACEs. Yes, I've heard of this. Yeah, go okay. ahead. <laughs> so direct, for those who don't, the direct correlation to physical and mental dis-ease later in life. So that as adults, more prone to cancer and diabetes, uh, mm -hmm. depression, suicide attempts. It is a direct correlation, but that doesn't mean that because, ooh, I scored really high on the aces that I'm guaranteed this is going to happen. We can flip the charge to it. We can take the trauma and turn it, literally turn it on its head. Um, and like, that's the work. You can hear the passion in, in my voice. Yeah. That's the work that I really love doing because um, it doesn't have to hurt. It doesn't have to take a long time uh, because years and years and years ago, I had an experience with um, a therapist that was really traumatic. She was, you know, having me re-experience my trauma. And I was like, you know, I don't think this is the right way. And that was right. also, you know, a lot of what informs how I do my practice. Um, we can heal, we can find these root causes, ever so gently heal them. And then the charge is gone. It's not creating amnesia, right? It's not creating amnesia at all. We can still remember it, but it doesn't have that hold yes. on us anymore. We're, I'm doing, or I was before the pandemic, doing EMDR therapy with my, my therapist, and it does the same thing for me. And I think that's what it's supposed to do anyways, is now a lot of the, the, the things that we have worked through so far, I can remember them, but it doesn't, like you said, hold that charge. I yeah. don't re-experience that trauma by remembering those things. That's, that is freedom. That it is freedom. And oh my gosh, because 
It really does. And my therapist, I was saying to her, I had a therapy session this morning, actually. And I was saying to her, I was like, I'm surprised these meds that I'm on, the mood stabilizers must be working because I haven't lost my mind yet. And I haven't, and she was just like, no, it's because you've done a lot of work um, on yourself and in therapy that you're able to handle the stressors of life without going to that place. Yeah. 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 So, you know, I just work in a different way where the uh, therapy is taking place at the conscious level and Mm -hmm. my work is all at the subconscious level because um, Dr. Vessel Vanderkolk, I think that's his name, uh, wrote this amazing book called The Body Keeps the Score. And he's a medical doctor. Mm -hmm. Again, I love being able to point to it because it's an MD who's saying that the trauma is stored in the body, Mm -hmm. that we experience trauma as children. It's usually children, but not always. Sometimes it can be as an adult, but you know, we experience the trauma as a child and we store it in our body. And so, um, going to something that Albert Einstein said years ago about uh, a problem can't be solved at the same level of consciousness that created it. So right. we create the problem in the conscious mind, talking about it in the conscious mind isn't going to resolve it. But you know, you're saying the EMDR, that's similar to what I shared earlier, the crossing the midline, because you're stimulating both sides of the brain. Right. Um, it's just, it's all so fascinating to me. It is. I'm going to school for psychology. Oh, are you? Um, I originally started because I thought I wanted to be a therapist, but that will really depend on where I'm at mentally at that time when I finish, because if I still have a lot of stuff to work through, I really can't hold space for somebody in that same way. Um, that's just how I roll. That, that's just how I work. I have a hard time holding space. Um, but if that doesn't happen, I'm actually seriously thinking about becoming a psychology professor because then I can mold the young, I, I'm such a nerd. I love to learn and I can mold, <laughs> I can mold the young minds of the people who will be going into that field and will be helping people. So, I mean, my husband is like, you love to learn what is better than you being a professor and being a consistent learner and yeah, teaching yeah. other people. <laughs> uh huh. So let me um, share something with you that, um, when I heard Oprah say this, I, I just was like, oh my gosh, this could be straight from my heart. And I think based on what you just said, you're going to feel it too. So this is not from my book. It's from um, a book called The Choice, Embrace the Possible by Dr. Edith Eva Eager. She wrote this when she was 90 years old. She's now 92. And my most amazing birthday gift this year is going to be when her second book is published on my birthday. I saw that and I was like, I can't wait. So listen to this. Oh my gosh. I would love to help you experience freedom from the past, freedom from failures and fears, freedom from anger and mistakes, freedom from regret and unresolved grief, and the freedom to enjoy the full rich feast of life. We cannot choose to have a life free of hurt, but we can choose to be free, to escape the past no matter what befalls us, and to embrace the possible. I invite you to make the choice to be free. Isn't that just amazing? That is amazing. I'll have to link that book up in in the show notes. What was the other book that you mentioned earlier by the MD? The Body Keeps the Score. The Body Keeps the Score. Brain, Mind, and Body in the Healing of Trauma. Dr. Bessel van der Kolk. I will will link those books up in the show notes for anybody who wants to check them out in case. I always try to do that um, in case anybody's like listening and they're like, I forgot what the name of the book is. It's okay, Megan. We'll put it in the show notes. (laughs) Good, good, good. Well, when I heard Oprah share that 
that passage for that book, I was on clicking before the interview was over. I was clicking on Amazon to buy the book. And um, it is it is a remarkable, remarkable book. And, um, you know, your listeners aren't going to be able to see this. But can you see how many? Uh, She's got tabs all up and down in this book. She's <laughs> it's it is it's a it's for some people it might be a triggering read you know i will tell you up front uh she's an auschwitz survivor and she that, tells the story yeah yeah so you know just so you know your listeners don't go oh my god you know why why did i buy this book mm-hmm. um but you know she's a psychologist she i think she's still in practice today at 92 years old um, she talks about her journey, but she also talks about the journey of uh, people that she's worked with. And mm-hmm. so it's all about, you know, I am all about possibilities. Like I, right. I live to explode people, you know, have them explore possibilities. And this book for me just resonated at such a deep level. It, it, Auschwitz was actually um, my great grandfather helped free uh, people in Auschwitz. Wow. So, yeah, he... Um, he passed away when I was three, but my great grandmother, um, she would, before she passed away, she would tell me stories he told her and, um, about them approaching it because he was one of the first, uh, troops there. So it wasn't like people had already reached there. So they were Germans were the Nazis were trying to like completely clear house. They didn't want, you know, to have any evidence of what was going on. And, he, it, you know, I have chills right now and it, from the stories that I remember. I'm not going to repeat them on the podcast because they're quite, quite sure. vivid. Um, sure. But I can only imagine from the stories I've heard what, um, what she may have gone through. Well, like, and, and what he went through. You know, that's where, when I say that, you know, <clears throat> many, many, many people who experience trauma either don't know it or don't, won't admit it, you know, won't say, yes, um, I experienced that trauma because, you know, as uh, traumatizing, yes, we, we would expect that it would be traumatizing for her inside Auschwitz. Um, but then you got to look at your grandfather or great grandfather. Great grandfather. Yep. Had to be traumatized by that experience as well. Yeah. And so, you know, I love that there's more and more research coming out that's saying, okay, wow, trauma, but it's possible to get past it. You know, that's really mm-hmm. what I absolutely adore. That's the work that I love doing. Um, and I never thought I was going to write a book. You know, I was just, I started out on my healing journey for myself selfishly. And right. then, you know, then I started learning, um, wow, you know, I can help other people with this too. And when I, uh, on the very first day that I went to uh, my hypnosis certification, I was like, I felt the heavens opened up (laughs) Um, because it was like, oh my gosh, this is what I've been called to do because with hypnosis and all the other modalities that I've been studying over the years, this is why I call myself an integrative hypnotist because I take all of this stuff that I've learned over the years and I have my own little special secret sauce and we can make the change easily and gently and quickly. And then, you know, people will, you know, all of a sudden they'll be living at this really, you know, high vibration life and they don't remember how it used to be. Right. And that's like, that's freedom. That's liberating. Yeah. And right now, I mean, I, a lot of people may not realize this, we're going through a collective trauma. Like, Yes. Even people who are, are, are the, the, the coronavirus uh, deniers, like 
why are they denying? Probably because they're scared. You know, like we're going through this together. This, my um, husband actually said to me, the world will never be the same again. Like we've all no, gone we, through this. It'll right, never people, go back to the way it was. Oh, people, I can't wait to get back to normal. Hey folks, the new normal is there is no normal. Right. right? We, we're, we are not going back. And, um, you know, a lot of people that I follow uh, are calling this the great awakening that, mm. you know, collectively it is an awakening. You know, you look at, we kept um, just decimating mother nature, just yeah. decimating her. And uh, I don't know, what, where, where do you live in the country? I live in Connecticut. Oh, okay. okay me too. I didn't realize yeah. Oh yeah, we do. I remember okay. seeing that and I was like, oh, that's so funny. Uh <laughs> so have you noticed, have you noticed in the past week? I've never seen the sky so clear and clean yes. in my entire lifetime. No, I have I been agree. marveling at and you know, taking pictures and putting it on social media because the sky is so clean. It's I, just it's it's remarkable. So many things. What did they say? Uh, the canals in Venice were clear and you could see like the bottom and that hasn't happened in so long. But the problem is, is we're, we're reopening. So it's all gonna, you know, start to go back to the way it was. And it's sad because I feel like my theory is this is mother's nature's revenge on us. <laughs> because if you think about it, when things happen that kind of throw mother nature out of whack, um, things, you know, she, she does something that clears it up. Like if you think about, um, if you think about forests, if they're overgrown, next thing you know, you have a forest fire. Like it may not have even been started by a human. It could have just happened. And I think mother nature a lot of times does those things. So it's my theory that she, she's like, y'all want to keep messing with me. <laughs> Time out. All Time of out. you. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> all of you. <laughs> so, so your kids are still young and they are going to have the trauma of this. Follow them for decades. This is, you know, this is one of my concerns is that um, our emotional, our emotional and mental health is going to be, you know, taking a hit from this for decades. And, you know, what do we do? So going back to, I never planned on writing this book. Like it just literally it birthed out of me. In January of 2018, I heard, write the book. And I was like, oh my gosh, I, I, can, I have all these techniques. Okay, there's, there's, there's your book. There are your videos. There's, you know, blah, 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 blah. So, okay, I write the book in 60 days from what? when I heard that whisper to publish, 60 days. And I like look back now and I think, I don't know how I did that. And I don't think yeah. I could ever recreate it. It was just, it was divinely guided. But, you know, who knew that at this moment in time, how much this book would be needed, right? Yeah. Because um, your kids, you can take some of these techniques. First of all, mama, I always say, put your oxygen mask on first, right? right? Take some of the techniques, learn them, get them into your um, new habits, and then share them with your kids. Because um, if the kids can learn to be emotionally resilient, they're going to fare an awful lot better than us. Many of us who, you know, ah, I'll give you something to cry about, you know, or, you know, sit down and shut up or, you know, go to your room or whatever. Um, right. You learn as a young child. Um, oh, I can't think of his name. The guy who is uh, the head of uh, Yale. Oh, I have his book. 
because I, I am definitely a bibliophile, permission to feel, unlocking the power of emotions to help our kids, ourselves, and our society thrive. It's by Dr. Uh, Dr. Mark Brackett, director of the Yale Center for Emotional Intelligence and a professor at the Yale Child Study Center. So um, I'm just in, into that a little bit, but you know, his whole thing is about let's teach kids to emotionally regulate because you know, when they can find, they start to wobble out of balance and come back, um, they're going to have a, a, a much healthier emotional and mental health. Um, so as they are going forward with the trauma of coronavirus and um, the, the horrendous violence, um, which is happening right now. Um, I, I I think the um, the protests. You know, I, I hope you don't mind me going there, but oh, you know, no. I'm all in favor of that. You know, me do it too. responsibly, <laughs> but don't do it violently. Right, right. You know, it's time. It's it's the it's the reckoning. Right. It you is know, time. I I feel like I can. I say I've said this on. Um, you were talking about this. I did two podcast episodes uh, about this, and I and I've said this. I don't condone the violence and um, the looting and vandalism, but I can wrap my mind around why somebody would be so angry and frustrated that that's what they would do. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Like, oh, of course. Imagine 400 years of experiencing this and feeling like you you got somewhere like civil rights. You you got a little bit, and then it, it doesn't go anywhere. And um, so I'm. I'm with you. Like, I don't support it, but I can understand it. And it is, it's the reckoning. Like our systems are flawed. They are flawed in the United States and they have to be reformed. Like <laughs> we can't go on like this. Well, and so another part of the great reckoning, the great awakening for me as a privileged white woman is first of all, I have to say black lives matter. Yes. And I have to look, I have to start looking in the mirror and learning about my white privilege, which mm -hmm. I've never been, I've never seen that before. Like I have, but not in a way that I really need to. And so, you know, I have another book on my Kindle that I just started the other day uh, so that I can start learning and that, mm -hmm. you know, yes, um, I am part of this racist culture that, you know, I, I, I have to look myself, you know, squarely in the eyes, in the heart and say, all right, it's time for you to start looking at this and, you know, saying, yes, I have white privilege and how do I change that? Uh, so that's like, I am just the very first step on that journey. Um, but it's, you know, how do I, how do I not do it? You know, how do I just turn a blind eye? I can't. So many people are turning a blind eye and it's very well, frustrating. And have, been, and have been, which is why we're where right. we are, mm -hmm. you know, or, <laughs> for somebody to know that they're being filmed and murder somebody like ugh. it's it's mind-blowing like yeah i mean uh you know things are coming out more and more and people are speaking out and sharing on social media all of these things that are happening like at peaceful protests where police are abusing their power and hurting peaceful peaceful protesters and you look at it and you're like if we didn't have cameras and social media nobody would know. Right, right. So that's, you know, that's 
the one one of the upsides about technology and you know understand i'm i'm old enough to be your mom and so <laughs> i've watched technology from uh my daughter who i just introduced you to uh who is uh 31 now when she oh see was, i'm like three years older than her <laughs> uh -huh, yeah so when she was six years old i saw the neighbor boy down the street had one of the very first handheld video games oh. and he's off in the corner playing by himself and all the other kids were playing together and i was like oh that doesn't look so good and so i've watched technology from then till now and so yeah there's upsides that you know yes everybody's got a camera and so you know we can start documenting these horrific horrific situations you know murdering and murdering knowing you're being filmed and like i don't care uh i'm a white dude right yeah i'm a police <laughs> officer this is my job right so um the, that part is good. Um, the fact that, you know, everybody's on Zoom now, you know, this would be such a different experience if we weren't so connected. Yeah. And yet everything, you know, there's the yin and the yang of everything. And so those are the, the positives to technology. But then the other side of technology is it's really um, disconnecting people. You know, your mm -hmm. kids' uh, generation, um, it's going to be so much less um, uh, skilled in personal relationships. Yeah. Because so much of it is either right now it's all on Zoom, but also, you know, they want to text. They don't want to talk. Yep. Right? <laughs> they want to text over talking. Yeah. My teenage daughter will actually, I have a, I have a six or 17 year old. She's 17 now. Holy crap. Um, <laughs> she will text me from her bedroom. <laughs> instead oh, of coming out and talking to me and i'll go in her room to try to have a conversation she's like i texted you <laughs> I, just oh, like, I, I don't care i can't say all of the things over text like i need to talk to you like and plus it can and i, I found this a lot recently uh, especially on social media because i i'm a firm believer that if i keep you in my circle i am going to speak out in a nice way in a kind way about misinformation and about a differing perspective. Now I've had to delete a lot of people off Facebook in the last couple of weeks because I won't take blatant racism. And if I try to have a conversation with you as an adult and you attack me or call me names, that's it. I can't, you know, that to me, that's a deal breaker. Like we as adults should be able to have a conversation without it resorting to being, being attacked or a name called. So I've had to remove a lot of people from my circle lately um, and I find that it's really hard to have conversations on social media because people will twist what you said. And I'm like, that's not what I said. <laughs> that's not at all what I said. Um, and so I prefer as a, 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 at my age to have in-person conversations. Like my, um, my brother and I, we had differing perspectives on um, the coronavirus and we still do. Uh, but he called me on Mother's Day and we had a really good conversation. We're able to find some common ground and we both misunderstood each other's perspectives because social media doesn't allow you to really converse in that way. Right, right. It's, it's a very different form of communication. And so, you know, I'm old school. I, I think that, you know, like, let's try and foster, even if it's over Zoom, you know, um, can I share the tip that I shared with you before we started recording with your Yeah, listeners? absolutely. All right. So 
Zoom, this is a game changer. And you can, you can tell I'm just so excited because yeah. I get you know, geeky about how our brains are wired. But um, the reason that so many people are having Zoom fatigue and Zoom burnout is because we are not wired to be looking at the other person and looking back at ourselves. So there's a little um, trick you can do. If I forget if it's gallery view or speaker view, but if you hover on the three buttons, three little dots on your own picture, it'll do a drop down menu and it'll say, hide self view and you can turn yourself off so you know even though we're just recording the audio you and i can see each other right now right but, but all i'm looking at is you i'm not looking at you and then looking back at myself and so i've been working virtually with clients one-on-one -on -one for five years and so i never knew this until recently neither did i you just told me today <laughs> <laughs> and it is, it's a game changer. Going forward, you're going to have a much different experience. And then, you know, you can teach your kids this and hopefully your listeners will try it too. I'm trying to tell anybody I can, because again, I'm so into like the neuroscience of, you know, the, what, how our brains work and how we can, you know, change it and neurons that wire together, fire together. So we have these old habits of, you know, these patterns of neurons firing together. But ooh, when we create these new habits of these neurons wiring together, it's healthier. Um, so I'm so into all of that. And this was a game changer to me because again, think about it. You know, you've spent your entire life looking at the other person and not looking back at yourself. And then all of a sudden now we're, we're on zoom all day, every day, looking back at ourselves. It's distracting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cause usually maybe I look at myself in the mirror like three times a day. <laughs> like, <laughs> Right, but it's also distracting because you're not able to be, you know, fully present with right. the other person, right? Um, we have two ears and one mouth for a reason. And most people think it's the other way around. We have two mouths, right? right? <laughs> we're we're, we're, we're kind of listening, but we're preparing what we're going to say next. Right. right. And so when we're looking back at ourselves, it's that distraction again. So anyway, that was just a little sidebar, but uh, again, I love being able to share it because, you know, if one person who's listening today hears that and does it and has a great experience, then, whoo, we've done something good. Right. So I would love, um, you know, before we run out of time for you to share a little bit with the listeners of some, some easy things that maybe they can do or that you found, you know, you've, you've shared a little bit with us. So that you found can be really helpful. Maybe they're listening to this and they're like, oh my gosh, Stephanie, I'm so, <laughs> so stressed out right now. <laughs> okay. So what can I do? So come to your breath. Let your awareness come to your breath and think, I'm breathing in, I'm breathing out. I'm breathing in, I'm breathing out. I'm breathing in, I'm breathing out. And it automatically takes the edge off. Like I just watched you and I could just see you kind of like, oh, I'm just kind of melting in there. Now, first of all, my very hypnotic voice. Yeah, that I was just going to say. Certainly <laughs> helps, right? So um, I was a former celebrity radio DJ. So my first career was hypnotizing my listeners to come back and listen day after day. Um, now I've been a, a certified hypnotist for 15 years. Wow. Um, so, so using my voice, you know, yeah, I can get you. But even when you're on your own, if you just come to your breath and think, I'm breathing in, breathing out, I'm breathing in, 
and breathing out. It takes the edge off. And this is how we find that emotional resilience by experiencing those short moments of peace and calm, interrupting the sympathetic nervous system. Uh, just like, think about our heart. Our hearts take a beat, right? They beat and then they take a rest and it beats and it takes a rest. So we wanna take those rests many times an hour. Um, another way uh, for breathing, this is my go-to. If I wake up in the middle of the night now, this is how I get back to sleep. And it's really so, they're all so simple. You're counting the inhales and the exhales, one up to eight, back to one, up to mm -hmm. eight, back to one. Oh, I'm at 17. It's going to happen. And you just go, oh, all right, I notice it. One up to eight, back to one. Part of why this works so well is, first of all, you've got your conscious mind paying attention to the numbers instead of worrying about whatever you were worrying about. But also, as you're going one up to eight and back to one and up to eight, you're reversing the inhales and exhales. So as you inhale one, exhale two, then when you're coming down the other way, it's exact opposite. So it's a pattern change. And how simple is that? It's so simple. I, yeah. I sometimes will do the box breathing. So, you know, that, when you, you breathe in for like four holds, hold for breathe four. out. It can, yeah. And then hold for four. And um, that has, and I've also, I also, my, my son has anger, anger problems. Um, my therapist said it might be usually with children if they have bipolar disorder. Um, he's too young for them to diagnose him, but sometimes that's how it manifests early on. Okay. Um, so he's in therapy as well, but that's one thing that I've taught him when he starts to feel angry and you could see him getting worked up is like, Hey, we gotta, we gotta breathe. We gotta think about our breath. And sometimes it works. And sometimes like he just whoop, escalates. Um, but it's really helpful. And I actually want to check out your book and hope, hopefully some of that will, will help him, um, you know, deescalate. Yeah. when he's getting worked up. But yeah, the, the box breathing is also another, another yeah, I, one. I call it square breathing in the book. Square breathing, yeah. but, and you know what? It's one of my client's favorites. And my husband heard me say that one time and he goes, mine too. That's one of my favorites. <laughs> um, it's really powerful. Um, and if somebody doesn't know what box breathing is or square breathing, uh, go to my, type, type my name in and that, and you'll see, because uh, I have a lot of articles um, on that. And I have a lot of articles, um, a lot of free stuff on my website, um, giving different techniques. So, you know, if the listeners uh, don't want to get the book, but I'll tell you right now, um, because of when coronavirus hit in March and I saw, like, I saw what was coming, um, I was like, okay, I, Amazon lets me give my book away for free for five days, at, you know, every several months or whatever. So I dropped the price of the Kindle to $2.99, which is the lowest they'll let me sell it. Now, obviously, I'm not getting rich selling my book. But right. if, if I can get this out here again, you know, my whole thing is I've spent my whole life prepping for this moment in time to be able to help be a beacon of calm and healing uh, to the world. So that one of the keys for your son would be to not wait until he starts to feel agitated, but, and it's not just for your son, it's for, for all of us. Um, it's not waiting until you start feeling the agitation because sometimes it's like, it can go so fast that mm -hmm. you know, 
there's no way to calm it down. But when we are experiencing those short moments, again, neurons that wire together, fire together, getting those neurons of these new healthy habits to be, okay, this is something I just do on a natural, regular basis, then we're emptying out the trash can and there's not as much room for it to get filled up. So we want to be offloading that stress on a regular basis so that um, it doesn't get as high as fast. Yeah, that makes, that makes a lot of sense. And uh, that's, you know, some things I've been working on too before, because sometimes, and you said this very early on in our conversation, is sometimes it just spirals out of control. You're just what is going on? Yeah. yeah. Catching yourself before it gets to that point. Because um, right. once it gets to that point, your brain is not even like, let's calm down. It's just whoo, out of control. Right. right. And with all that's going on in the world right now, again, I feel like I literally, Megan, I feel like I have spent my entire life prepping to be that beacon of, of hope and uh, wisdom. I, I claim all of these wrinkles. I claim all of my grays. <laughs> I am the wise woman. Um, and I, you know, I know that the truth is the way through this, the way to survive what we're going through now is uh, not just to survive, but to thrive is to get these practices in place and do them on a regular basis, many times an hour so that, um, it doesn't have as big a chance to get spiraling out of control like that. Because as you said, once it starts spiraling out of control, you're not going to remember you have techniques. You just, you're, you're, you're clutched in that fear and that panic and whatever else, anxiety, whatever else is going on. So we want to catch it before it gets it started, before it gets too big. Yes. And I'm going to link your website up in the show notes so that everybody can check it out. So before we uh, wrap up the podcast, what is, what is something or a collection of things you'd like to leave the inspired women audience with? It doesn't have to be big. It doesn't have to be something, you know, that takes a lot of time that you can take charge of your emotional health with simple shifts. Simple shifts are what create lasting change, right? Um, I, when, when I was researching my book, um, you know, there was a 400 page book on anxiety. And I'm like, okay, if you're already anxious, a 400 page book is going to like, ah, so my book is intentionally like a hundred pages. It's really thin because it's simple and simple shifts are what create lasting change. We think it has to be something that's hard. We think it has to be something that um, takes a lot of time. And I'm telling you, from personal experience, it doesn't. Simple shifts create lasting change. That's amazing. Stephanie, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today and sharing your tips and your book and your wisdom with us. I really hope that people, you know, even if they don't pick up your book, which I mean, it sounds like we all need your book, uh, but even <laughs> if they don't, even if they don't pick up your book, maybe they have, have some takeaways from here that can help them because I mean, like we said, we're in a collective trauma and uh, we all need to be able to um, come back to ourselves, like you said, every couple times an hour. So thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. Thank you, Megan. This was a great discussion. And uh, if any of your listeners would like to talk about working together, uh, it would be my absolute honor. I, I love helping people get free. Thank you for being a part of the Inspired Women audience. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a rating review. And don't forget to share this out with somebody who could use some inspiration today. Tag us at Inspired Women Podcast, both on Facebook and Instagram. Have a great day.